today. Amen. And to see everyone here today, uh, uh, come help me move this forward, please, sir. I want to put it about right there. Yes, wonderful. Praise the Lord. I like to be ahead of the starting line. So, <laughs> but it is good to uh, to see everyone this morning and to. Uh, I'm not going to kick it over, so I, I might as well move it now. <laughs> so nobody has to run. Praise the Lord. But it is good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. You all know I have been saying this for years now. Amen. I'd rather be in the house of God and with the people of God than the best jail cell in town. Hello? Rather be in the house of the God and with the people of God than the best hospital. Hello? In town. The best insane asylum in town. Hello, somebody. Give me a little help today. Amen. Turn that volume up a little bit. Amen. It is good to be here. Amen. So uh, let's pray as we approach the word today. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for this time that we have together around the word of God today. Thank you that you said in your word that where two of us are joined together, you are there in our midst. So, Father, we're very confident and very aware of your presence in this place today. And so we thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives and abides and dwells on the inside of us, that he helps us today to articulate those things that you desire to be said. Father, not only does he help us to articulate those things, but he helps us to hear, to comprehend, to understand, to be enlightened in the areas that you desire us to see. So, Father, we thank you for the eyes of our understanding being open today. And, Father, we are sensitive and we are receptive to your word today. And we thank you that we're just not hearers of the word only, but we are doers of that word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Again, it is such an honor to be here today and to, to, to be in your midst. Amen. Uh, uh, I don't know what all, how I will share everything that is on my heart today, but I will share some of what is on my heart today. At least I will get a start. Today. So if you would this morning, I want you to open your Bibles to First uh, Peter chapter 5 this morning. Very familiar passage of scripture, First Peter chapter 5. I'm going to start reading at verse 6. And I'm going to read through verse 11. First Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. Again, these are very familiar passages. This is a very familiar passage of scripture. But I pray that you act like you've never heard it before. Amen. Amen. Verse 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9 tells us how to do this, says, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world, but the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, 
Anybody besides me want to mark that part out? Uh, after that, you have suffered, huh? <laughs> Amen. After that, you have suffered a while. Amen. Make you, it's through the, through the suffering that we are made perfect, we are established, we are strengthened, and we are settled. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And Peter starts out here talking about humble yourself, therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may do what? Exalt you in due time. So God is not wanting you to stay at the same place, at the same position that you are right now. God wants to take you to glory to glory in himself. Amen. Where, you at, where you're at today, where you and I are at today, we don't have to be tomorrow. Uh, it depends on us how much we are willing to humble ourselves under the hand of God. In other words, how much are we willing to take on his heart, his attitude, his way of doing things, amen, and not just considering our way the right way. I can't get many amens in here this morning, but amen, we're going to get better as we go along, I'm sure. Praise the Lord. But it's, it's a humbling to think, you know, uh, we live in an information age, don't we? Amen. There's a lot of information out there, and there's a lot of things that are being said, a lot of things that are, that are being done. And uh, it takes humility to humble yourself to say, I do not know everything. I do not know how to respond in every situation. That I need somebody greater than me to teach me, somebody that I can humble myself under, amen, so that I do make the right response, hello, that I do make the right decision, praise God. And the word of God says here, by in humbling ourselves unto God, there is exaltation coming. I'm a little bit happy this morning, amen. The word of God declares that we'll be exalted above our enemies. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we have enemies. We have people that we have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis that are just difficult. Amen. But after we've suffered for a while, amen, elevation is coming. Tell your neighbor this morning, elevation is coming. That's some good news today. Amen. We got to go through it. We got to go through it. Amen. But he goes on to say, casting all your care upon him. Everybody say all. Amen. We don't get to keep any of it. All of our cares, all of our worries, all of our anxieties, all of our frustrations. He says, cast them all, cast them all, cast them all. He doesn't want us to carry any of this weight, glory to God. <sighs> he said, cast it all on me. Amen. And then casting, <laughs> casting it all on him. Amen. Again, he knows the right response to the situation that we're in. Amen. One thing for sure, we know that God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. So, no, again, no matter what we're going through, what we're facing, amen, we can expect truth, amen, to be in the forefront. We can expect truth, amen, to come to the front. Sometimes you have to work at it to get truth to the front. Hello? Anybody ever had someone tell a lie on you? Okay, maybe I should just move on. But it takes a while for truth to come out, but truth does come out. Amen. In many situations that we face financially, socially, economically, amen, many of those things that we face, 
the devil will tell us a lie. Amen. But we settle the word in our heart. Let's go on this morning. This is what I really want to get to is verse 8. Is be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. You're not the only one going through. You're not the only one facing tests. You're not the only one facing trials. You're not the only one that the enemy is after. Hello? We all have an enemy that is arrayed against us, an enemy that comes to steal, kill, hello, and to destroy. We all deal with the same enemy. Praise God. But thank God for, for people of God who have, who have gone before us and who have learned some lessons that they're able to teach us. Hello? And they're able to help us get through through situations and through tests and through trials. And, and the word that stands out here to me when, when, when I've been reading this is the word, verse 8 says, be sober. Everybody say that, please. Be, be sober. Be sober. Be sober. There's a lot that we could pick out here, but it seems like the Holy Ghost brought my attention to, this, to these two words. Be sober. Be sober. There's a time to jest, jest and, and have fun and do those things. But when you're going through tests, when you're going through trials, those are the times that we are to be sober. That's the time you take the play out of it. You want to know where to take the play out. This is it. When you have to deal with the enemy, when you're in combat, that's the time to take all the play out of it and say, let, let, let's deal with this. Amen. Because we are designed to be victorious. We're designed to be triumphant. We're designed to overcome. Amen. And when, you're, when you have a team that is opposing you, hello, you, you buckle down. When you have a team that you know, listen, if, if we don't play right, they're going to beat us out here. If I don't run my defense like I'm supposed to, hello, they're going to they gonna run over me. They're going to score on me. But I do not intend that the enemy score on me not one time. I don't want the opposition to score on me one time. When, when the opposition is done with me, I want them to know that they've been in a fight. Huh? I want, to, I, I want them to think two or three times. Before they come again. Anybody else with me this morning? Amen. Listen, if we're going to scrap it out, we're going to scrap it out. Hello? If we're going to do it, we're going to do it. Amen. Praise the Lord. But the Word of God tells us to be sober. And I want to give you a, a, a definition of, of, of sober here. Um, I'm not going to make it real far this morning, am I? <laughs> but listen, listen to this definition. It's kind of lengthy. But listen. It says... To be sober means not drunk. I could, well, let me, let me just move on. It means to be free from deliriums, delusions, and hallucinations that may accompany drunkenness. It means to think straight. 
not like a silly drunk. It means to be free from silly thinking and hence able to have presence of mind, listen to this, and clear judgment. Able to have presence of mind and clear judgment. Let me go on. Enabling one to control, listen to this, enabling one to control, everybody say control. Enabling one to control his thinking rather than be controlled by urges, impulses, whims, and fluctuating emotions. May I read that again? Huh? <laughs> Is enabling one to control his thinking rather than rather than be controlled, rather than be controlled by urges, impulses, whims, and fluctuating emotions. It means to have one's wits about him, to be rational, the opposite of irrational, to be free from a drunken state in which one, listen, free from a drunken state in which one drops his guard and is more likely to give way to foolish behavior, unreasonable conversations, and detrimental decisions. And that's just one word. Out of this Be sober. Be sober. When you're dealing with adversity, that's the time, amen, that, that we're, we're not to be drunk on what the world is promoting. We're not to be, hello, liquored up with the world's thoughts. We're not to be liquored up with how the world responds and how the world do things, does things. Huh? Huh? <laughs> How many of you know that the world has a way, a, a view, and a way of doing things, and a way of acting, and a way of responding? Amen. The, in Romans chapter 8, I believe it is verse 7, it says that, that the carnal mind is enmity against God. The carnal mind is hostile against the things of God, against the way of God, against the way that, that, that God desires to do things. Amen. And, and, and so... Again, the, the, the word of God here is telling us to be sober, and I like that, it, that it's coming through Peter here because Peter went through some stuff. Huh? Again, I, I appreciate people who have been through things, and they take the time to tell you how they made it through. Amen. And, and, and Peter is letting us know. I'm not going to go into a whole background with Peter this morning, but he's letting us know, listen, how you make it through tests, how you make it through trials, how you make it through disappointment. Remember the Lord told him that he was going to deny him. And Peter said, no, not me. No, no, I'll never deny you. And Jesus said, you're going to deny me, Peter. No, I'm, not, I'm with you all the way. I got your back. And Jesus looked at him and said, listen, before the cock crows this night three times, you will deny me three times. There are, there are things that, that God knows that are in our flesh nature. Are you listening to me this morning? That God knows that are, that are in our flesh nature that he tries to help us ahead of time so that we can get through 
that nature we have to deal with. He remembers that we are flesh. And he wants to help us get through the test. He wants to help us get through the trial. Amen. And he will talk to you about difficult things that you're going to walk through. He don't talk just about the good stuff. Amen. And that's the example that we see here with Peter. Peter, you're going to deny me. You're going to deny me. Lord, I've walked with you. I've served you all these years. I've been with you from the beginning. We've been close. I've been with you in prayer. And you talking about I'm going to deny you? Yeah, you're going to deny me. And how many of you know that he did? And the difference between Peter and Judas is that Peter went out and he wept and he repented. And Judas refused to repent. Judas chose to hold on to the world's way of responding to the world's way of reacting to difficulty. If you're dealing with, with thoughts of suicide this morning, I just want you to know that's not God's way of dealing with things. There is a way out. There is an avenue that God has already designed, and it begins with humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Amen. It begins with being sober about what it is that we're walking through. Amen. And it means being of a repentant heart. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I want to look at some scripture right quick with this word sober in it. Is that all right? So if you would, please, ma'am, please, sir, let's go over to 1 Timothy chapter 3. And I'm going to try to wrap this up quick today. Not go to one, but I feel one o'clock in me. I just. <laughs> First Timothy chapter three. Let's look here at verse one. It says this. This is a true saying. If any man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good thing. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant. What's that next word? Sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. So he's talking about those in leadership in the church. Amen. Those in leadership in the church are to be sober. Look at verse 8. It says, likewise, likewise, must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine. If you're not given to much wine, what does that mean? That you're sober. Amen. Not greedy for filthy lucre. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 11. Amen. It says, even so must their wives, talking about the deacons now, even so must their wives be grave, not slanderous, sober, faithful in all things. Amen. And, and, and we know from over in Acts that the deacons are the ones who, who served and waited on tables and, you know, did, did the natural things. Amen. Hello. Helped out in different areas. Praise the Lord. Amen. So if you got to be so, you need to be sober to serve. Because there are going to be people that you have to deal with. Hello, somebody. Amen. If you're not, if you're not sober in your serving, your response is going to be wrong. When they say something or when they do something that you don't like. 
Praise the Lord. I know in, in traveling with Brother Hagen, we had, we had a lot of people who were, I'll say, disruptive at our book table. And, and, and so you had to be filled with God at the, at the book table. Otherwise, <laughs> that flesh just wanted to act up, and you just really wanted to give people a piece of your mind. This is like, <laughs> and then, you know, you're on stage, you're singing, and you're ministering, you look out in the crowd, and you see, that's that, that's that person. Mm-hmm. And you got to go beyond that. Amen. So, so, so being sober, amen, will help you get past people who are, who are pushing you to the limit. Amen. Praise the Lord. So what verse did we leave off with? Verse 11. Amen. Let's go over to Titus chapter 2. So we see those who are in leadership. Amen. Those married to leadership, those serving in the capacity of waiting on tables and helping people. Amen. Need to be sober. Titus chapter 2, verse 2 says this, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. Everybody say the aged men. Aged men need to be sober. Aged men don't need to be drunk. <laughs> Amen. You know, there are, there are, there are so many uh, conspiracy theories that are, that are floating around in the air today. And uh, I, get, I get at least two or three a day from diff- different pastors Around the <laughs> around the world, you know, around different places, and um, I, I I have to remember, you know, that everybody is not in the same place of growth, the same place of, of development. Even though you may be in leadership, sometimes it doesn't mean that that you have the right mind, that you're thinking the right way, Amen. And so, so when we see one another going through things or passing things along that don't need to be passed around, uh, if we're close enough, number one, we need to talk to one another. Huh? But then we can always pray for each other. Prayer always works. Amen. Prayer is the key. Amen. So there are a lot of things that are, that are floating around out there. I, I would encourage you just not to listen to them. Okay. All right. Let me, let me put it to you like this. Maybe you get it like this. If you don't get involved with her in the first place, Okay, all right. Then you don't have to back up, and you don't have to be apologizing, and you don't have to work your way out of a mess. When you know she's not the one from the beginning. Okay, well, maybe that wasn't a good example. <laughs> Amen. The reason why I said that, I've had a few, few of those in my life of people that have come along, and I was like, well, well, God, I know you're kind of saying no on the inside, but I went forward anyway. That's costly. That is not being sober-minded. See, I'm, I'm not even going to get to the fool today. <laughs> amen. So the word of God says, amen, that aged men are to be sober. Why is it important that aged men be sober? Because the aged men set the example for the younger men. Praise the Lord. 
Let's look at verse 3. It says, the aged women likewise. Hmm. Ladies don't get a escape. Huh? Don't get to play the female card. <laughs> the aged women likewise, that they, be, that, that, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of what kind of things? Good things. Good things. Verse 4 says this, that, that they may teach the younger women to be sober, to love their husbands, and to love their children. So, so would it be fair to say this morning that, that being sober is not something that is just automatic? If you had to be taught, you got to be taught how to make good decisions. Huh? You got to be taught how to think right. What is the right response in this situation? Hello? Hello? A lot of racial things going on out there right now. Hello? Hello? Help me out, somebody. Huh? Do I respond as a black man or do I respond as a believer? I got a choice to make. Hello? Hello? People are kind of free with their lip now. So I can either be sober or I can be drunk on, on what Black Lives Matters is saying. Demand your rights. Okay, let me move on. I see that's going over good. See that's going over real good. Or I can be happy who I am in Christ. I can know who I am in Christ. Amen. I can know that I'm seated with him in heavenly places. Far above all principalities and power and might and dominion. Amen. That, that, that includes all those racial things. I'm already free, already liberated. Why am I trying to get what I already got in Christ? That's being sober. That's being sober. And the world is hostile towards you being sober. When you know who you are in God, the world is hostile toward it. Why are you not fighting? Because I know who I am in him. When I got in him, I had to give up my black card. <laughs> trying to be nice this morning. Verse 6 says, young, man, young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded. Be sober-minded. The enemy is after your mind. Scripture declares that we are to let this mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. And there is a freedom and there is a liberty in knowing that the same mind that Christ had is the same mind that we can arm ourselves with. And we know that Christ was victorious in every area of temptation, every area of test, Come on, everything that, the, everything that the enemy brought to him, he overcame it. 
And the, the, the enemy wants us to, to settle for lesser. But as he was in this world, so are we. Amen. His victory is our victory. Amen. His triumph is our triumph. If he overcame, we, can, we overcome. Amen. I, we have to be sober just to know, amen, that what he did, his response has to be our response. Can't have a different response. Can't have a different attitude about it. You have a different attitude about it, a different way of thinking about it, you're guaranteed to lose. <laughs> amen. If you want to guarantee victory, have the same mind that he had and your guaranteed victory over death, hell, and the grave, and anything that the enemy throws at you. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. I have so many scriptures here this morning, way more than what I can, what I can get to today. But I want to kind of just detour here a little bit. Amen. Everybody say, be sober. be sober. Say it one more time. Be sober. Be sober. Be sober. Be sober because you have an enemy that is arrayed against you, an enemy that wants to get you off track, an enemy that doesn't want you to fulfill the will, the purpose, and the plan of God for your life. Amen. And so I was, I was scheduled to be here when? Two, two three weeks ago. Praise the Lord. I, I don't even, I've kind of lost track of time. But how many of you remember over in, over in Ephesians where the word of God tells us to take the shield of faith wherewith we can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one? Amen. I believe that's Ephesians chapter 5 in there. Anyway, you all can look it up. And, and, and so there, there, are, there are fiery darts that the enemy sends our way. Whether we like it or not, there are, just, there are things that we have to deal with. Amen. And uh, I was talking with Brother Joel earlier, I don't know, earlier in the year. And we were talking about the COVID virus and all that. And again, you all know there, there are so many voices that are out there. And you just wonder sometimes what voices are true. And what voices are lying? Hello? What do I believe? What don't I believe? You know, is the tr president trying to blow up the country? You know, <laughs> where, where, am I, where am I supposed to stand in the middle of this? Where is the truth? Just, just tell me the truth and I'll be all right. Some, somebody please tell me the truth. Well, Jesus did. He said, I am the way, I am the truth. And I am the light. <laughs> so we can trust whatever he says. Amen. Glory to God. So I had, a, I had a, a fiery dart that was shot at me. And it was the COVID-19. And I, I had, uh, I need to do this quick. Praise the Lord. Uh, but I had been home pretty much most of the summer. I hadn't traveled much during the summer because of everything that is going on. And I uh, went to Oklahoma in July, I believe it was, and uh, was at camp meeting there for a few days. And then I had to do a youth camp in Arkansas. 
and, and during the youth camp there in Arkansas. Well, there are some partial black people in here, but I'm the only real black person in here. <laughs> sober, be sober, right response. No. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> I got to get it in when I can, come on. <laughs> but uh, when I was there at youth camp, they had a day where, where the air, it was just really freezing cold in the place, and I normally don't do good in, in air conditioning when the temperature gets below 75. <laughs> see, see, see. If you can't handle 75, you ain't black. So, <laughs> so it, it, they had it, they had it like, to me it felt like it was 50-something in the room. So anyway, I got really chilled, and I started having chills chills there at camp, and I got back to Tulsa, and, uh, you know, being at youth camp, you're running, you're going, you're doing, and I didn't get any rest, and so I got back to Tulsa on Friday, and I had to run all day Friday because I had business that I needed to take care of because I was going out of town again, so I didn't rest Friday, then I had a wedding on Saturday that I had to go to, so I ran all day, and so what am I doing? What am I saying I'm doing? I'm using my faith. I'm just going to push through. When I should have just did the natural. Hello. I'm tired. I need rest. Stop. Rest. Let your body recoup. Don't open the door to the devil. Okay. All right. So anyway, I pressed, pressed on through and uh, made it through the wedding Saturday. And when I was done with the wedding, I slept for about 14 hours. And then I had to get up and drive to Oklahoma City because I was going to be ministering at a church that morning. But I had to cancel because I felt so bad. And I went on to Dallas to Brother Copeland's meeting, Southwest Believers meeting. And uh, I rode with some friends and I was just feeling, feeling bad. You ever just felt bad? Just, you know, just don't feel good. And I couldn't get comfortable, and we had to stop and get some aspirin. And I took about four or six of those. <laughs> they knocked me out real good. <laughs> Amen. I needed help. Amen. I needed it right now. So, hey, let's get on top of it. I wouldn't recommend that. But anyhow, that's what I did. <laughs> and so, anyway, I got to Texas. Didn't feel any better. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, praise the Lord, Wednesday, Tuesday, Tuesday, I felt so bad that uh, some friends of mine that were there with me, they said, do you mind if we come to your room and pray for you? I'm still talking about being sober this morning. So about 7, 7.30 that evening, they said, can we come to your room and, and pray for you? And I said, sure, come on. And so they came to the room, and they, they just started praying. Three ladies and three, one, two, three, and one guy. I think that's what it was. Praise the Lord. Amen. I was pretty out of it. And so they were there, and they were in my room praying. And, and this, this one, I don't want to say she's old, but this one black lady, just older. When she got in the room, she immediately started dealing with death. 
And I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, I ain't dying. I just like kind of got the flu, <laughs> you know. And I, I, I mean, she's not, she's not being passive about this thing at all. She's being extremely aggressive. And I, I mean, she's going for death. She's going for him. And I mean, she's rebuking death off of me, and she's commanding life in my body. And I, I mean, it's, it was, I'm just, all I could do is just lay there. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever you got to do, amen. And, and she dealt with that for, for maybe 20, 30 minutes. Just, just, you can't have him. And when she came out of that, she began to tell a story about how she had been in the hospital and uh, that they didn't expect her to live. And her friend came and prayed her through, prayed her through death. And I'm still laying there thinking, well, I, ain't, I ain't dying. <laughs> I'm just feeling bad. I, I'm not in that place. I'm not, it's not that bad, you know. And uh, so anyway, they prayed. And then, then another friend that was there in the room, we, we had, we've been fighting about this a little bit. But she asked if she could lay hands on me. And I, I said yes. And she walked over. And to me, this is what she did. She walked over, and there was, there was like a stopper or something that was right here in my chest. And she reached over, and she was praying in other tongues, and she grabbed that. And she pulled it out. And so whatever it was that, that had to hold on me, whatever was going on, at that point, that's, for me, that's, that's where it turned. Amen. Well, I went to bed that night, woke up the next morning, was ready to eat, was fine, came back to the room, laid down a little bit, and I woke up, and I couldn't breathe. And uh, still talking about being sober. <laughs> still talking about being sober. Amen. And so I, 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 I couldn't get my breath. And I, I knew within just those moments, either I'm going to decide to believe God or I'm, I'm out of here. And I just had just a few moments to make the decision. Are you going are you staying? And I'm thankful for the person of the Holy Ghost that began to bring things back to my mind. He began to do the replay of, of things that people had, had said to me and the number of people that, any number of people that had come to me and said, Philip, we're praying for you. We don't know what's going on. We're, we're praying for you. Well, in my mind, I'm thinking, God's getting ready to open some major doors. <laughs> some good stuff is about to happen. All these people praying, amen, God's about to blow up on a brother. You know, I'm, I'm all excited. I didn't expect death to show up at my door. And so within a few moments, I had to decide whether I was going to live or I was going to die. And so the Holy Ghost helped me to be sober he helped me to be sober in the moment and make the God decision. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. 
didn't even have enough breath to say it with my words. I'll live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And so I texted my friend that, that was there, and I said, you know, it's, it's probably time for me to go to the doctor now. <laughs> and so they, they came and got me, and they took me to, to urgent care, and they did the test on me. And the guy said, yeah, you have, you have the, the virus. And so within minutes of being diagnosed with the virus, I found myself in a hospital room. in the hospital room, and uh, the doctor, the doctor looking at me and saying, excuse me for being emotional. But the doctor looking at me and said, Mrs. Slaughter, if we don't get some air in your lungs, your organs are going to begin to shut down. You're, you're, you're kind of right at the point to where we need to put you on a respirator. And I was just like, no, nah, I'm, I'm not going on a respirator. Now, that, that's far enough, devil. That, that's far enough right there. That, that's far enough. Okay. It's time for this thing to turn. And it's time for it to turn now. And the doctor came in a couple of times and told me, Mr. Slaughter, we need to get air in your lungs. She said, your lungs have gone from being like sponges to where they're like gel. And they, they escalated, it escalated from like one to 100 in just a matter of minutes. Good to have the information because now we know what to work on. Now we know what to do. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so I went out. Just kind of like in the spirit. I don't know if you know what I mean by that. But I saw myself go out ahead of the, the virus and just push it back. Pushing this thing out of my lungs. Day one, no change. Day two, no change. Day three, a little bit. A little bit. And so the nurses were coming in, and, you know, they were doing all this blood work and everything. And, and they said, other than this virus, you're healthy. You a healthy person. I said, I got Zoe in me. I've been confessing for years. I got Zoe. I got the life of God in me. Been confessing it for years. I'm healthy from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Amen. This is just a narrow that the enemy has sent. And this thing will not destroy me. This thing will not take me out. But the Lord kept reminding me of the people that were praying for me. And so I didn't even pray. I didn't even try to pray. It's like, Lord, you said in your word, where two or three of us come together to touch agree on anything, it shall be done, shall be granted unto them by the Father. And, and it was just like on the inside, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, you have a battalion of people praying for you. 
So I had to look up the word battalion. <laughs> and it said anywhere from three to 800. And that just, that just messed me up, Miss Leslie, that God had three to 800 people praying for me. It tore me up. So there was plenty, there was plenty supply of the spirit, amen. Two or three people could get it done, and here it is. God's got three to 800 people praying for me. It's like, prayer's good, all right? Prayer, prayer part is covered, amen. Prayer part, we good, amen. We just need to talk to this thing, amen, and tell the virus to, to release. And then I remembered that my friend had grabbed it and that it was already done. And so I just had to talk to my lungs. Being sober in that moment, being sober in that time, knowing what God said versus what the doctor was saying, that everything is about to shut down. Being sober in that moment is what has enabled me to stand here before you today. Amen. We have a good fight of faith. To fight. And no matter what the enemy may bring against us, no matter the test, no matter the trial, no matter the difficulty, in Christ we are victorious. In Christ we are triumphant. The victory is already won. It is a major matter of us being sober in our time of testing. And that's what I encourage you to be today, is sober in, the day, in these days that we're living in. Father, thank you for your word today, and we do pray that your word finds a place in every heart, and no matter the opposition that may come against anyone in this room today, anyone hearing this message today, Father, may they know how to fight the good fight of faith and come out victorious like you designed us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, how many were expecting that today? <laughs> Praise God. So that's why he didn't come a couple weeks ago. He found himself about an hour and a half to two hours from taking off to heaven. And uh, we're glad he's delayed that. Amen. Because his work's not done here. Praise the Lord. We want to receive our offering today. And, and what I want to do, of course, uh, we told you to have it ready. You know, we didn't know what week he'd, he'd be getting here. But um, we, we certainly want to bless Brother Philip real good. So, But if you're making checks, just make them all out to Faith Church Colorado. What we'll end up doing um, is, you know, just really probably everything that comes in, we're going to send it that way and because uh, we're just so blessed. And um, and then if you have something that you really, it's on your heart to give, but you need an extra week or two, well, write that down on an envelope. Um, is anybody here, you need an offering envelope? Lift your hand, we'll serve you one. Okay, back there. And uh, you could just write that down, say, hey, I'll get this by such and such time. We'll forward that on, and uh, we trust you on that. Praise the Lord. You get that information up there on how if you, if, uh, you want a text to give, you can do that if you don't have, you know, other means to do that. But let's, uh, <clears throat> how many think we ought to be just a great blessing today? Amen. You doing all right? Are you, everybody depressed or upset? You shouldn't be. We happy in Jesus? He lived, everybody. <laughs> he lived. And, and just 
you know, when the enemy brings stuff on you, he's, he's not too bright because he doesn't stop to think about how you're going to go around now the rest of his life telling about how the devil didn't get the job done. And God did. So, anyhow, all right, let's pray and let's give and let's, let's just give generously. Praise the Lord. I know my wife's, I think, texting up there, doing, giving ours. Father, thank you this morning. We're so blessed to be able to give. We give into every good work. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the gifts that you bring us to minister here. Thank you that we're able to sow into them and that every need is met, every bill is pay, paid, and there's abundance with which we can sow our seed in Jesus' name. Amen. You go, you go right ahead and give. All righty. Man, we got a lot done today and uh, heard a lot. But like, like he said, there's more to this story. There's a whole lot more. I plan on, how many remember the show we did uh, during the spring called the Viral Revival Hour? I plan on uh, doing an episode of that, a special episode, maybe even tonight. We'll, we shall see after, after naps or whatever. But we, we, we want to get the rest of that story recorded and out there. Praise God. So uh, we, we'll let folk know on our Facebook and all that if we do that. Praise God. That's all we have, is it not? All right, Tuesday night prayer, then back here next Sunday morning, and you're dismissed.